Singles now make up 50% of the U.S. adult population, and with rising mortgage and rental costs, the financial necessity of single adults having to have a roommate is more prevalent than ever. So we're going to get some tips on how to navigate that. Absolutely. With Focus on the Family's Director of Young Adults and host of Boundless Show, Lisa Anderson. Good morning, Lisa. Hey, it is so great to be here, as always. You know, I can remember having a roommate, uh, and it was both a rewarding experience and a challenging experience. you got to choose the right roommate because it can, it can be an interesting experience, can't it? Uh, it sure can. And I feel like I have uh, shared similar situations, Seth, in that I've had super stellar roommates. I've had sketchy situations. I've had a group, like right out of college, a group of us lived together. So that had a unique dynamic. And then I like lived... 12 years on my own and then went back to having a roommate. And so that was kind of interesting with its own situation. So yeah, it really varies. So Lisa, let's walk somebody through the first steps after they realize that they just can't make it on their own financially and they need to take on a roommate. What questions should they be asking? Yeah. And I think first of all, you have to realize, I think some people are like, oh, well, of course this is going to be easy because I'm amazing. I'm super easy to get along with. (laughs) So why, why is this even an issue? And the fact is you can be a roommate with another amazing person and it just doesn't gel. And so I think you got to figure out, first of all, like the number one priority has to be find a roommate who actually shares your values in the things that matter. Mm. Now, this doesn't mean they share your values in like, hey, what color carpet is our apartment going to have? But literally like things around faith, around priorities, around character, stuff like that, because you're going to be in close quarters with this person. And a lot of roommates end up sharing a fair amount of life together. And Mm -hmm. it can be, especially for women who are single, there's a safety issue there of having a roommate of just, you know, yeah, it might be a good move to get a roommate or a couple roommates rather than living on your own, depending on where you are. And so I think that's got to be the first, you know, first and foremost. But then when you move to that second tier, then you're talking about things that are negotiable, but they still should be on your radar. So that could be like schedules. You know, if you if you prioritize sleep and you're an introvert and you're someone who sticks to the same schedule every day, Well, that person who's the social butterfly and is coming in at all hours and who wants to sit and chat with you on the couch for several hours (laughs) until midnight, you know, and process your day, that might not work long term. And so I think you've got to start asking these types of questions of like, how can we make this work? How, you know, I think so many people who go into roommate situations are like, well, I don't want to make it sound so administrative, you know, that, that just sounds so cookie cutter or so impersonal. But the fact is, you're kind of making a slight little business arrangement here as far as how you're going to live. And so I would say get those things on the table from the get-go, and then you can kind of finesse the situation and work through some other things as they come up. I don't want to, you know, encourage the behavior like in Big Bang Theory where, you know, he's got the roommate (laughs) agreement and everything is written out in, you know, explicit detail. But isn't it maybe a good idea to to go over these important issues and kind of write down what everybody agrees to so that nobody forgets? And that could be a resolution to an argument, wouldn't it? Well, absolutely. And that's where I say, you know, don't be hesitant to put stuff on paper and to have, you know, kind of what I would say of like 
roommate meetings from time to time. Because again, I think so many of us put on the rose colored glasses and we think that this is going to be some kind of sitcom, you know, from Thursday right. night where it's going to be either you brought up Big Bang. I mean, you could go all the way back to Friends. Yes. Sure. Like, of course, we're all just communal. We just love it. We all are. We have each other's backs. And I'm like, okay, ideally super. But the fact is, you actually have to be willing to say, like, here are some standards that we're going to make everyone adhere to. I remember my sister, when she was a young adult, lived in a house with, there were six of them, the women there, uh, six single women, and they had to get as as uh, granular as who has what spot in the fridge, mm-hmm. who is responsible for cleaning what part of the house, and if you don't, you have to pay into a jar for your Ooh. portion of what you didn't do. So, I mean, they got kind of hardcore, and they had to because otherwise it's like throw up your hands and be like, well, I just didn't have time. Well, then resentments can kind of fester. And so you, there's a fair amount of business that you need to do on the front end. Even, you know, Seth, to your point of as as initial as what is the rent arrangement? When do right. you have to pay into this? Who's holding the responsibility for the lease or for a mortgage or whatever the, the situation is? That has to be spelled out so everyone knows the expectations. Mm-hmm. I really think boundaries are important, even personal boundaries, don't you think? I mean, as far as is that something you should talk about, like respecting other people's stuff or a space? For sure. Uh, Yeah. And again, this is something people don't think of. But it's like, um, are you okay with people just randomly finishing off your milk in the fridge? Are you okay with people going in and borrowing a sweater in your closet? Are you okay with people coming in at all hours of the night to talk to you about their break up when you're trying to sleep because you have right. a you know a 7 a.m meeting i mean that that is all stuff that has to be established and realized especially when personalities come into play you think extroverts and introverts are going to play things out very differently and in fact i was just having a conversation with a friend uh, earlier today about you know she said i'm an introvert and when i need my alone time like it actually needs to be alone. Mm-hmm. It's not just like let's sit in the same room and try to not talk to each other. <laughs> she actually wants to recharge in her own space by herself. And that is something yes. that has to be communicated because an extrovert will be like, you're sitting on the sofa, you're fair game, and I'm just going to start talking to you, <laughs> exactly. let's be honest. So that's a different, uh, a different priority right there. Little things can become very huge. It's been mm-hmm. 25 years since I've had a roommate, and I still remember he ate my last can of ravioli. Okay? See, I that's, still that's remember that. That's for dismissal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, just talk. I think communication is kind of what you're saying is the major key here. Don't be afraid to bring up and have the what might seem to be difficult or uncomfortable conversations because it saves problems later on down the road. Yeah. And you know what's funny, Seth, is I actually had um, I read a management book for work that gave me some great principles here. And I remember it said with your employees lead with your quirks. So as you hire new employees, you kind of like set at ground level what expectations are about just kind of your weird expectations or the the oddities that you have. So for example, one of mine is when it comes to editing or text errors or anything on our website for Boundless, which we have to run, I am a stickler about that. In fact, I am quite exacting. And so I tell my employees, you better 
check and double check and triple check what you are posting on our website or what you are creating on social media. Because if I see a headline that has a grossly misspelled word, Mm -hmm. someone's going to hear about it because that will get my blood boiling. (laughs) And that's just my background in Uh editorial, just having that kind of eagle eye. I think the same is true for a roommate situation. Everyone put your stuff on the table first of like, yes. Yes, this good. will make me go crazy. This will be, this is something that I, you know, this is top tier, like can't handle it. This is like, it annoys me and this is no big deal. Everyone spell it out. But then you're kind of alluding to something that a lot of people think isn't going to happen. And that is, you're going to have conflict and you're going to have to solve that. And what you don't need to do, I mean, what better place? If it's not going to be a roommate situation, you're going to learn this in marriage for sure. Oh, yeah. And that is how are you going to repent and forgive a billion times a day for the way that you are offending someone or you have been offended or you've been hurt or disappointed? Um, and the, the way to not do it is by passive aggressively making a comment about something or talking about someone behind their back. Or, you know, trying to address something in a joke, like that would be my MO, you know. Mm-hmm. I tried that in the past, <laughs> and then I realized, like, um, I very slyly worked this in the conversation <laughs> in a humorous way. Why didn't she pick up on it and actually change her behavior? Um, well, because she thought it was a joke. <laughs> so yeah. this is why you got to come clean. you got to put it on uh-huh. the table. you got to be willing to address it head on. Keep short accounts. And make sure that you're addressing the situation. You're not criticizing the person or making a value call on them. Yeah, this is excellent, Lisa. We've talked a lot about kind of uncomfortable things. What are the joys of having a roommate? That would be a good idea to close on that. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Oh, Deb, are there there actual joys? Okay, yeah, let's talk about those. (laughs) Well, here's what's funny. I mentioned that for years I lived on my own. And I had purchased a house here in my town. And it was great. Well, then one of my best friends from church, her roommate got married, and so she was kind of looking for a roommate. Well, in a weird turn of events, I actually decided also to move my mom in with me, who was struggling with dementia. Mm -hmm. And this friend stepped in, and not only as a friend and just providing a solution on that front, said, I would love to help you care for your mom. I would love to be that extra person and just have you know, extra eyes, be that person who could be your mom's daytime caregiver. And so that situation worked itself out. Well, my mom passed away three years later, and this friend and I were still housemates, and it still worked. And so it's like, again, and I remember my sisters telling me, and my sisters are married, and, you know, this friend and I were both single still. And they said, yeah, Lisa, you know, even living in my previous house, you shouldn't live alone. It's like, I remember I had two break-ins. I mean, they're like, Mm. this is unsafe. And also what better way to get yourself some accountability and a person in your life who just sees you and can hear you out and knows you, you know, again, like I said, so many singles wait until they get married for this. And they just think like, well, I'm single. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, because this happened to me when I lived by myself, there are aspects of it that were amazing. I did whatever I wanted whenever I wanted, but that doesn't breed good habits and that doesn't breed selflessness and the character Mm, that we need to live in relationship with others. And so, I mean, just having that person to be like, check in on them and do things together, you know, go out and grab some pizza or, 
just, again, process your day if both people are up for that. It's all great to do. And then we can still kind of have our own space and our own alone time, too. And so it's just a great kind of Petri dish for doing life, doing relationships, learning relational skills, and having fun in the process. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Uh, You know, your experiences and your advice might solve and keep people from having some difficulties and arguments about being a roommate in the future. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad to help. And like I said, I've done it well, I've done it poorly, and everywhere in between. So hopefully folks will glean some good uh, tips from that.